Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, if you brought your Bibles tonight, let's go to the book of James. (laughs) We're going to hang out in James a little bit longer. It's only five chapters, so, you know, we've only got a few more weeks before we'll be done with with James. Then we'll we'll, we'll step outside. But while you're turning there, it is good to be back home. It was nice to be... uh, it was, well, I, it was nice to be. We're actually a, a part of a funeral uh, on Sunday. We missed you guys, um, but heard you guys had a great service, had a lot of fun playing kickball and walking tacos. I hate that I missed that, uh, so we'll have to do that again uh, real, real, real soon. Amen. James chapter 3. Tonight's going to be a very practical message. Uh, I say that a lot because I really believe that um, we, we have made stuff in the scriptures so difficult sometimes it's hard to actually apply it and I want to make sure that that what we deliver is applicable you can apply it to your life um so tonight the the message title is simply um slight adjustment a slight adjustment many many of us have probably realized and and if you haven't you will before too long there's a principle in life that that you'll learn that sometimes all you need is a small or a slight adjustment. Like, we face all kinds of obstacles. We face all kinds of crazy situations. But a lot of times what we need, and we think that just because it's a large situation, we got to have some large answer. Like, we need, remember what I said last week? Was it last week I was here? I can't remember. Last Wednesday, I was talking about how God wasn't in the fire. We think God's in the, we think God's in the wind. We think God's in the fire. We think God's in the storm. Like, that's how he speaks. But a lot of times, it's just if we'll be quiet enough, we'll actually can hear him, and he's speaking in a whisper. And we, we, we feel the same way when we're going through trials and things. We think just because our situation is so massive, we need God to dump some massive uh, response on us, but really all that needs to happen to get us back to where we need to be, even though, even regardless of how large your situation is, all we need is a small or a slight adjustment. We know this in sports. We know that if you're a golfer, that just holding the club, any golfers, y'all like to golf? I'm not patient enough for golf. You got that, you got that, Wayne. I'm not patient enough, but, but they say that if you hold the club a certain way, you can, you can do a, a, a further drive. Is that, is that the right word? I don't even know. I mean, I guess you throw your club or throw the, I don't even know. But, but, but anyway, uh, it, it's, it's all in a slight adjustment. You can change your golf game over a slight adjustment. We know that to be true in basketball um, based on, 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 on follow-through. How many, how many, anybody played basketball? Ladies, y'all play basketball? Nobody, no sports people. Well, great. So, um, so there's a follow-through. Or in baseball, the way you stand and, and the, the way you do your feet. Like if you go up there and you're standing like this, it, it could complicate things. But if you get your feet set how it's supposed to be, just a slight adjustment, you can, you can connect with that ball in a way that you never connected with it before. But what was it? It was a slight adjustment. And what I've learned is so many times, oftentimes, slight adjustments can lead to big changes. That's why I want you to lean into this tonight because it's going to be very, very simple. Um, but it's slight adjustments can lead to big changes in your life. I don't know about you, but I, there's some areas in my life right now that I'm believing God to change some things. I need some clarity. I need some understanding. But I need, and it could, it could be a, it, all, I know that all it needs is a slight adjustment. But it has to be, am I willing to be adjusted? Am I willing to be adjusted? Because if, 
because I, I was weirded out about chiropractors and bringing a thing that looked like a gun and, and it's got a, something on the end that looked like a bone with a ball on the, and he's going to shoot me with it and go, drrr, drrr, and like all that stuff. And like he wasn't into the, the manual adjustments. He was like into this trigger gun thing and, and crazy stuff and taking your arm and you want like this right here and like count to 10 and he tricked me and he popped that thing. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy stuff. So I wasn't, I wasn't too hip on the, on the chiropractor. But guess what? If had I not been okay with the adjustment that I needed, I could have stayed in that position for quite some time. So there's a willingness that we have to go through a process or we're willingness to, for an adjustment to be made on us. Now, we're quick to see the adjustment that needs to be made in other people. <clears throat> but how, how, how are we looking in the mirror going, I need an adjustment. I need an adjustment. You may be here tonight saying, I need an adjustment. But as we start to dive in and unpack some things in, 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 the, in the book of James chapter 3, we're going to see something. We're going to be looking at the tongue. And a lot of you have probably heard a message like this before, but I'm telling you, this, this, this opened up some stuff for me. I want, to, I want us to look at it a little differently tonight. But it's something that is very small and, and seems very insignificant. But let me tell you something. Your tongue can determine a lot of things for you and for me. Okay, it's very small, but it, it can it can it can completely change your situation. I believe that slight adjustments can lead to big results. You may want to write that down if you're taking notes. Slight adjustments can lead to big results. I may believe for something big tonight. Believing for something big, I'm believing for some, some big things. I know that what it's gonna take is some slight adjustments. I, I believe that tonight some of you probably have walked in and, 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 and believe that your faith or your Christian walk needs a complete overhaul. Like some of us, we, we, just, we look at ourselves and go, I, I'm never going to measure up to what, how the word of God says I need to be walking. Man, my faith needs a complete, a complete overhaul. And for some of you, you go, you know what? I want to do more for God. I want to I be, be that man of God. I want to be, be that woman of God. There's so much, but, but I, gotta, I, I need to do this. And, and, and in order to get that, i got to be able to do this, and i got to do that. And, oh, my gosh, I just don't know if I'm going to measure up, and i got to do all this stuff. No, 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 no. All you need is a slight adjustment. We get scared by the process that we think we need to be able to obtain what God has for us in order to be able to obey and do what he wants us to do. We think it's some massive thing. Hello, let me tell you. Listen, it's a slight adjustment. I did it that way because I want you to I want you to hone on hone in on this because for too long the church believes that it's got to be this massive thing and and and, and I've, I've got to work so hard. No, no, you don't. You just need to be open for a slight adjustment, a slight adjustment. Listen, huge issues, listen, huge issues do not necessarily need a huge adjustment to make a substantial turnaround and to get the results that you need. Doesn't matter how big it is. All you need is a slight adjustment. All right, James chapter 3, verse 1. I just felt like I need to hone in on that because I want those words to burn into your spirit. I don't need all that. All I need is a slight adjustment. Man, my my spouse is crazy. I I mean, I, I don't know. She, she's not in here, is she? she? She probably thinks I am crazy, just a little crazy, cray cray. But 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 all that really needs, baby, all that you really need. She's right back here. All it, all I need is a slight adjustment. <laughs> she's praying God to do big stuff for me, but all I need is a slight adjustment. See, James chapter three, verse one. Here we go. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that. 
We who teach will be judged more strictly. Let me stop right there and remind you that this is a, this is a letter from James to the church. Okay? This is a letter to the church, which is also applies to us. All right, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never... Listen to this. I've read this a, probably a thousand times. Check this out. If anyone is never at fault... I know y'all thought y'all was perfect. Is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. And because I know that ain't none of y'all, including me, perfect, that means I'm going to have issues. That means I'm going to have faults. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in, in check. Now, I want to break off from where we're going tonight just for five minutes. Just give me that because I believe this is going to speak to some people in this house tonight. That James is talking to teachers. Verse 1 and verse 2, he's talking to teachers. I'm not referring to educational teachers. I'm referring to people in the church because anytime you, because remember, his letter is to the church. I'm sorry. His letter is to the church. And anytime you have a community of people around, there's going to be people that feel the calling to, to, to be a leader in the church or to be a pastor. Because I believe that we're going, to raise up, we're going to raise up young students. We're going to raise up people and equip people to go out and do the work of the ministry. That's what we're, that's what we're called to do. It's not about we're the pastors and y'all sit right there. This is what we do and y'all just come and watch us act crazy. No, no. It's for us to equip you with the things that God has equipped us with so that we can go out and change our city. I'm going to keep saying that until I see that it is happening because I believe that's what's, that's what's going to be is that we're going to change. We're going to equip each other to change our city so that Christ gets the glory. So what he's saying is he's talking to teachers. Why? Because, because in the group, there's going to be people that are going to feel called to do something more. Can you say that with me? Say do something more. There's going to be people that are going to be called to do something more. But what he wants you to understand is there's weight attached to more. Okay, you may want to write that down. There is a weight, there is a responsibility, there is accountability that is attached to doing more. Because if God calls you to that, you will be judged more strictly. That's what he's saying. So I, for, for anybody that feels that, already feeling that, that nudge to, I, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a leader, I want to, I, want to, I want to be a part of more than just taking up residence on a chair on a Sunday and a Wednesday, I want to be a part of reaching. But let me tell you something, it doesn't, you don't have to have a title to do it, but if you step up and try to do something more... You're going to be judged more and held accountable more than the people that just sit. I don't want to say and do nothing, but that are okay. That sounded, see, I'm trying to dress it up. Let me say it this way. We are the church, and we're all, we all have a responsibility to reach people. Ain't none of us should be okay with just sitting and occupying my chair and my space. None of us. Okay? <laughs> I tried, God. I, I really didn't want that to come out the wrong way. But that's the truth. That's the truth. So for each one of us, we're going to be judged more because we're, pers- we're passionately pursuing more. We're going to be judged at a higher level because we want more things to happen for the kingdom of heaven. If you believe that, say amen. Listen, when, he, when God created the heavens and the earth, we all know this. He didn't reach for a hammer. He didn't grab some nails like Kelly's, he's, he's making a new media booth. We've got some cool stuff, all the sound, and thank you, Jesus, is going to be off the platform. But like Kelly's reaching for things, and, and he's building and constructing. When God made heaven and earth, he didn't reach for a hammer. He didn't reach for nails. He didn't get a sock so he could stain it. No, 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 no. What did he do? He spoke it. 
The Bible tells us that he spoke it into existence. When he created the world, he spoke it into existence. And all of a sudden, that which was not became. So, how do we apply that to our lives? We're looking at situations, and every one of us have areas in our lives we would like for something to be a little better. We'd like a better job. We'd like more pay. We'd like a better car. We'd like a better spouse. We'd like our kids to be okay. We'd like for our dogs to stop pottying in the house. There's things we like, correct? But the Bible tells us, and is a clear example of, if it's not happening, we need to be like Christ and speak it into existence. Amy tells me all the time, if you want something from me, it's a matter of how you communicate that to me if I'm going to get that done for you. So it's the power of our words and the power of our tongue. I know what you're thinking. We've heard this message before, taming the tongue. This is a revelation I got. Even though in my Bible, at the top, it says, taming the tongue. Like, that's the phrase over it. But this is what God showed me. You can't, it's not about taming your tongue. Taming means... It, it's, it stays the same, it's just held back a little bit. Like I can tame a tiger to come in my house and be in my house, right, as a pet. But it still has the tendency to come out and be a tiger. Uh-oh. It still has the tendency, it could come out and, and destroy me and my frail self, right? But, but your tongue, that's why he said, no, no, I want you to, because I've preached a message similar to this on taming the tongue. But he said, it's not that I want you to tame it. He said, it needs to be a, an adjustment made to your tongue. Now, I can't change a tiger. I can only tame it. I can't change it to make it to be a little pretty cat. It's always going to be that way. But my tongue can be adjusted to, to, to do what it was created to do, what God did. God said, let there be light, and there was. Let there be space. Let there be time. Let there be mount. All, all of what you see, he spoke it into existence. So what God is saying tonight is there needs to be an adjustment in our speech pattern. There's got to be a slight Adjustment. Now, I know some of y'all thinking, yeah, and for my spouse, it needs to be more than just a slight adjustment, Pastor Bradley. It needs to be a big adjustment. Okay, whatever it needs to be. Crank on that thing just a little bit, and whatever the adjustment needs to be, you just you do that. It's so funny. I, I was driving, and for two years, two years, two years, I was convinced that my car in the left wheel, that I was having issues with um, bearings. It sounded like rocks in a tin, tin pan, can, whatever. And all the way down the road, coming back from Georgia, I couldn't turn the radio on because the girls were sleeping. It was the middle of the night, and I'm driving. All I hear is this thing going, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's driving me nuts. And I'd already gotten the bearings replaced, but it's still doing this. So I get up Monday morning, and I look under there, and the plastic portion of the wheel well was loose. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I've been listening to this for two years because I was too stingy to get off my duff and, and pay somebody to go back and look at it again. And I've been listening to this, so I just started shaking it with my hand. And it sounded just like it did when I was rolling 70 miles an hour down the interstate. 75. I mean, speed limit 75, so I was doing 70. I was 500, of course. And so, and so I started shaking it, and it was going. I was like, gosh. And what I do, I went in and got my tools. Yes, I have some. They're not real greasy. And I made a slight adjustment. And can I tell you, my car sounds so good. It just runs. It sounds so good. I don't have that. But how many of us, thank you, Holy Spirit, how many of us have a noise that we hear and we refuse to go and have it serviced? We refuse to. And, and it can be, you don't even have to go get somebody else to do it. You can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. Slight 
adjustment. So, so let me give you three things. I said five minutes for this area. Ooh, I, I'm on five more. So those of you that feel, listen, that you're called to teach. What am I saying? If he's calling you, you've got to count the cost. Listen, all of us, I mean, there's no, again, it's for all of us. If we're going to be used for God to flip our city up, upside down, you've got to count the cost. Write that down. Put that in your phone. Write it on your hand if you ain't got paper. Count the cost. If not, be good at participating and getting in on a volunteer serve team. Greeting at the front, serving in the back, work in the media booth. We're going to need some volunteers. Yes. So, so, so if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you, if you say, well, I, I don't know if I need to be out front. That's not my thing. That's cool, but there are areas to serve. But if you feel called to teach, write these three things down. The first one is this. Be patient. Be patient. Again, this is practical. This is nothing deep. This is stuff we trip over all the time. That's why we can't serve correctly. That's why we get our feelings hurt if we don't get to serve as many times as we want to. That's what happens. you got to be patient. Why? Because great purpose requires us to walk through great processes. Great purpose requires us to walk through a great process. So be patient. Everybody wants to arrive at a location, but don't nobody want to take the trip. Amy would love to, to go to, a, to, a, to an, a secluded island, you know, and get the all-inclusive things. But what Amy Weber doesn't want to do is get on the airplane to make the flight. Well, guess what, baby? We're going to stay in chief in Florida. If you don't get on a ship, and she don't like to do that either, and she definitely, I mean, the last time we flew together, was the, which was the first time we flew together, so it was the first and it was the last. Thank you, Jesus. As we came down for a landing, y'all have heard her tell the story. The turbulence was so bad, I thought she was, I mean, she was driving her nails into my hands. She was practically in my seat. The, the, the stewardess kept walking by like, are you okay? And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> she got to let up the pressure. <laughs> See, I can tell, I can be honest. I love when she works in Kids Connect because then I can be honest about some stuff. But guess what? If you're not willing to take the trip, if you're not willing to go through the process, you will never reach the destination for where God has you. Therefore, you'll be stuck in a rut. Listen, whenever God builds something great, it's going to take time. I was thinking about this. Y'all got mushrooms that come up in your yard? Dude, I, like, I can cut my yard and look great. And the next morning, I got like white smurf houses in my yard. Like overnight, you can build. God, God will. I, I even looked it up. I'm like, how in the world? And it said it's, it's made of nothing. Like it's nothing. But it'll take 60 years to build an oak tree. So God, so God wants to ask us this question. Do you want to swell or do you want to grow? And then I looked up about the mushroom. I can take a stick and just stab it and cut the whole thing down, but I can take that same stick and go over and beat the mess out of an oak tree, and I'll probably break my branch. It's because the mushroom is just nothing but air. That's why it comes up in like five hours. They'll come up. But it takes 60 years. So do you want to swell or do you want to grow? Are you willing to be patient and go through the process? Or do you want to arrive and be a one-hit wonder? I don't want to be a one-hit wonder. I want to be around for a long time. Number two, be under. This is for people who feel like they're called to be a leader or to teach. Be under. If you want to be over something, you got to get under. Let me break that down for you. So many people never, watch, they, so many people never get over the things that God has placed under them. They've never gotten over on top of the things that God's called them to lead because they, because they never got under what God has placed over them. You can be a self-appointed leader, but if you're not willing to get under what God's placed over you, you will never get over what God wants to be under you. Did you follow me on that? So be under. 
If you want to be in authority, you need to be under authority. So, so many people, I'm, I'm going to go out and do ministry, I'm going to do this. Where's your covering? Where do you go to church? Who are you held accountable to? I got to be held, everybody needs to be held accountable. It doesn't matter what your title is. You need accountability because how many knows on our own, we'll mess it up. I say that all the time. On my own, without somebody holding me accountable, but you can't, but you can't open yourself up just to anybody for them to speak into your life because a lot of times when they start seeing things going good for you, they'll speak things to try to bring you down to where they are because they're not comfortable with where you're going. Number three, the last one for this, be prepared. Somebody say, oh, sure, I need to be prepared. I need to study my lesson. No, 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 no. Be prepared for criticism. Be prepared for criticism. Why? I'm not talking about haters. I like to, I, I, it's a new word for me. It's called dream validators. I don't remember where I heard it, if it was Stephen Furtick or who it was, but it was a preacher I heard a while back, said they're dream validators. They're not haters. They're, you're just validating the dream that God's put inside of me to let me know I need to keep on going because the enemy doesn't want me to. But we must understand this. The greater the level of influence, the greater the level of criticism. The greater influence you have. Remember what I told you. This is the platform that God has given me. This is where he's placed me at the moment. Where has God placed you? Where's your job? Where, where, do you, where are you at? Where are you serving? That's your platform. That's where the spotlight is. God wants to know what are you doing in that area? What school do you go to? That's your platform. What you do with that. I mean, we, 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 we make ours nice. What are you doing to make your, your stage nice? Do people look at you and go, I'm not following Jesus. You, you, you crazy. It's all in what you say. Remember what I said? Your words describe and define who you really are. You got to make Jesus worth following. You got to make Jesus worth following. So be prepared. Why am I sharing all this? Because I believe that God has something great in store for you. From Ashley, and she's in here for a reason. God has big things in store for Ashley and Amber. All the way around the room. God has big things in store for you. And he's calling every one of us, and every one of us has a part of changing this city. We are all here for a reason. Don't run from the fight. I, I believe God's going to do amazing things at Forward. We, we may get to, we don't even do Wednesday night services. <gasps> oh, my God. We've done Wednesday night services forever. We might not have Wednesday night services. I don't know. It may be small groups. We start meeting in people's homes and invite people to come in on Wednesday nights, and we open this up and let the kids have it on Wednesday nights. I'm just throwing stuff out there. And then maybe, maybe we're not going to just have one service on Sunday. We're going to have two services on Sunday. Somebody said, Sunday night services? No, 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 no. I don't like Sunday night services. We'll come in early and do two Sunday services. Them cool. But Sunday night, that's family time. I'm just saying, God wants us to get out of the box of how we think it needs to be. Somebody say, what are you doing? I'm speaking things. I'm calling things that are not as though they were. That's what I'm doing right now. And then it may not, it may not be settled for just two services over the weekend. It may be three. Well, how do you do that if you don't want Sunday night? You come in on a Saturday night, rock this place, just pack this place out. People who are on fire for Jesus, people whose marriages are falling apart, people who are strung out on drugs, come in smelling like a brewery, just smelling like alcohol. I mean, that, that's the stuff. That's the st- they need to come on in on a Saturday night. If you don't feel like coming in on a Sunday morning, come on in on a Saturday night and watch God just flip your, flip your script and flip your life upside down. Oh, get ready. Get ready. As T.D. Jakes would say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. But James is writing to a church, okay? That was just for the leaders. That was just three points and a small poem. And let's keep on rolling here. But in researching this week, I discovered that every week, each one of us speak enough words to fill a 500-page book. Every one of us. 
speak enough words. I know, I know the guys are thinking, the ladies probably, they could write about a 1,000-page book. Mine, 500, okay. No, a 500-page book. So let me ask you this. What, what, what's the book you're writing? What's your story about? Is it a scary story? Is it a novel? Is it a love story? Me and Amy, we write several books, and we write a love story. Is it a drama? Y'all know where drama comes from, don't you? I know you're thinking your mama. No, no, no. Drama comes from your mouth. Drama comes from your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So if you got drama you need, and you don't like what's happening, you need to take an evaluation, push back, and look at yourself and go, and just listen, what am I... Sorry. What am I speaking? What things am I, am I creating? What world am I framing up? Some of you need to go in and tear down the house that you're building. I'm not talking about the one you lay your head down at night. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the life that, you, that you're living. If you don't like where you are in life, maybe you need to go. Sometimes you can come in and, 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 and property brothers and fix it up, but sometimes you need to tear it all down so that build it up like God wants it to be. It, but it's just a slight adjustment. Just, just tweak it here. Just tweak it there. Are you still with me? Okay. Because I'm going to keep on pushing a little bit more. So maybe we can not make this a two-part series. <laughs> but what book are you currently writing? What chapter are you going to write tomorrow? Like, you need to be thinking that way. Like, what, right now, what chapter am I going to write about my life tomorrow? Well, a lot of us were just like, well... Tomorrow will just happen when it gets there. I know the word says don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh. So however you think tomorrow's going to be, pretty, chances are pretty good you're going to speak that into existence. So, so if you're thinking that, already thinking that that person tomorrow's going to get on your nerves and work and just work your nerves like crazy, guess what? Chances are pretty good that's going to happen because you're already thinking it. You're already speaking it. You're framing that world up. You need to go in there and rip that down and go, y'all may have had some problems with me and I may have some problems with you. I'm not saying to go in, in their face and say that. I'm saying you need to frame that up silently and go, this may have been an issue, but I'm taking that back because God wants to use me to reach that person. Have you ever thought that the people that don't like you or the people that you have an issue with, that God's probably or may could possibly want to use you to get to that person, but the reason there's conflict is because the enemy is trying to, the enemy is trying to stop you from doing that. I'm talking to me right there. The people that you have an issue with, the reason you can't get there and because there's issues is because God is trying to use you or use them to, 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 to bridge that gap and the enemy will not allow it to happen. So what does he do? He causes conflict. He causes division. So, so identify the works of the enemy and how he's trying to come in. Our words have power. Can you say that? My words have power. If we really believe that, like if I had a fork, I wouldn't go stick it in the light socket tonight. Why? Because I'd get a surge. Every time you speak lifeless words... You think they're lifeless, but you're speaking things that, that's got power and it's bringing life to a circumstance or a situation that you're in. And you can either frame that thing up and it can be a good situation. It may be bad, but you could turn it around and be a good situation. Or you could be causing death to your marriage, to your kids, constantly cutting people down. Constantly, constantly bad-mouthing people because you, like, you don't like them. No, you don't like the dream that you see God's given them. Therefore, you want to bring them down to your level. Because it could have been your dream, it could have been, been for you, but you refuse to step up and be patient. You refuse to get under. 
What was the third one? What was the third one? You, 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 you refuse? Oh, I got haters? Well, let me come back at you. Let me tell you what I think about you. No, stop that stuff. We need to be about the Father's business and what he wants us to do. Anything else is a waste of my time and your time and God's time. One of the most accurate, listen to this. I wrote this down. This was awesome. One of the, one, I didn't mean that the way it sounded, but it was really good to me. One of the most accurate signs of maturity in Jesus, one of the most accurate signs of your, of your walk with Christ is the way that we speak and how well we control our tongue. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Just because you have the freedom to speak doesn't mean that you need to. All right, James 3, verse 3. Here we go. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. I want to give you three takeaways tonight, and I'm going to bring them to you real quick. Everybody say real quick. I believe that when I see it. Okay, I want to give you three. I want to give you three points tonight. Okay, of 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 the power because we've already said there's power in the tongue. So what 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 does the tongue empower? This is what it does. Number one, the tongue has the power to direct. You don't like your world. You don't like the way you're living. You have the power to change the direction of your life. Your tongue has the power to direct. It's like riding horses. I was going to tell you all a story about, about one time riding a horse, and I thought I was the man because my wife was with me and my kids, and I thought I was cool. Um, but it wasn't cool just to ride, to ride horses in a straight line with everybody else. Like I wanted to get out in the open pasture and, and be a cowboy, whatever that meant. And I'm shortening the story. And so when we finally felt good about riding, he did let us out in the open pasture, and I did. I was like, watch, watch Daddy ride. And I took off, and... And I stayed on the horse, but he had, he had a sidekick in his pasture. His name was Jack. He was a donkey. Or actually, y'all know he, what he was. I mean, I looked it up just to make sure I was cool to say it in church because it really is what he's called. And his name is Jack, so y'all get the picture. He's... So anyway, Jack didn't like what I was doing on the horse. Jack comes up, and I'm on a tall horse. Jack's real little. Maybe he had a little boy syndrome. I don't little little bitty boy man syndrome. I don't, syndrome. I don't know. Anyway, he jumps up. Just Jack. He jumps up and latches a hold of the neck of my horse with his mouth. Now I am not an experienced cowboy, even though I was riding like I had been riding all my life. When Jack come up there, all all I could think of was I can't pull back because if I pull back on the reins, I'm going straight up in the air, and my little at the time 125 pound self was was sliding right off the back end of that horse. And I'm like, Jack, get oh. And, and Dr. Jeff, uh, the chiropractor, it's kind of weird how that, I guess he was trying to keep himself in business by putting me on a horse when I had no business of being. But anyway, he's, he's yelling from across the pasture, Jack! And I'm like, yeah, Jack, get off this horse. He was persistent, but the more of the story, nothing really bad happened. Jack decided to go off because I kicked him in the head a few times and he got the picture. But anyway... Something about, something, about, something about the bridle and the, and, and the bit, and, and I got this from my friend Charlie, and he was saying, this bit is actually a more aggressive bit. Most bits are, are straight across. I don't know if you know a lot about, you probably know more than I do, but is straight across. This one actually goes to the roof of the mouth the way it's bent. So when you apply the pressure, y'all know how it works. If you've ridden horses, you, you, you steer. I'm not going to try to act like I know what in the world I'm talking about, but 
But this small little piece has the power to change the direction of that horse. You can make that horse do what you, what you want it to do based on how you turn or how you apply the pressure. And he was saying if you wanted to stop, because this one is an, is an aggressive, for a more aggressive horse, it's an aggressive bit, the way it's bent, when you pull up, it's going up in the roof of his mouth. He's going to do what you want him to do. Okay? And so, and so, so James is giving us the description of, of what it's like um, what, what, it's, what it's like to, 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 to steer your life. What he's saying is, if you can, check this out, if you control the mouth, you can control the whole body. If you can control your mouth, you can control the whole body. And if you can control the body, you can control your direction. Just with a horse. If you can control that horse's mouth, you can control his body. And if you get a hold of the body, you can control the direction. Y'all can work that out. I could take that in a whole different direction with, with the church body. If we can control our mouth, if we can control what comes from the platform, we can, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't mean to say control. It's not a control issue. But we can make sure that we're doing things correctly as a body. And if we're doing things correctly as a body, it'll change the direction of where we're going. And the same is for you and I. Same thing with large ships. Ships, as large as they are, I love Carnival Cruise Line, but the, the, the thing that, I mean, even though I knew they were probably small rudders and, and all those things, when you pull into port, the water is so crystal clear, you can, you can go back to the back of the ship, the, and it's not real deep, so you can, you can actually see. Huge ship, massive engines, but one small little bitty rudder steers the whole entire ship. Y'all know y'all watched Titanic when the tail end goes up and like that massive ship, and you see that little bitty toy Look like a little fan you put by your bedroom, don't it? Listen, you can have the momentum of heaven. You can, the, the ships have huge engines, but without that rudder, that ship will just go straight. It's got to have a rudder, to, and that's what our tongue is. It's like a rudder. You can have the momentum of heaven behind you, but if you haven't chosen your direction, it won't matter. What am I saying? Speed is important, but direction is more important. We can do a lot of things for Christ. We can, man, we're going we're gonna to do this, and oh, Bradley, we're going to do that, and we can do this. No, no, no. Speed is important, but the direction that you're going in your life is more important. If you don't like the direction of your life, check the direction of your tongue. Check out how it's steering. I remember my mom, my mom used to say it all the time. If you don't have anything nice to say. Listen, write this down. Silence is better than negativity. Silence is better than negativity. Silence is a lot better than negativity. Sometimes if you don't have the right words to say, mama was right. Don't, don't just talk just to talk. Because you could be damaging something. We're going to stop right here tonight. Did you get anything? Did you, you can keep that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get anything out of this? I, I, I want to stop right here because this is a simple, it's a simple message. But it's something I think we all need. We, I think every one of us in this room, except the challenge, we, we, want, we want to be used for God to do something big. But, and even though our motives are pure, we can say things that are damaging to the end result. Damaging to our marriages. Damaging to our relationships, family and friends and kids. 
we gotta get control. We gotta we 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 we, we gotta learn to control our tongues. You have the power to direct. We'll do the last two next Wednesday night. Is anybody here tonight to go, you know what? I, I, I know I have the power to direct because my life is either at times has been a wreck or, or most more importantly right now, there's some things that are chaotic in my life. Anybody here tonight say my, there's some things chaotic in my life? And I'm not going to stand here and go, it's your fault. You spoke it. Because there are things that happen in life that just happen. Stuff happens. It's out of our control. We can't control it. But I can control how I respond to it. And and, and I can be persistent enough to say, it doesn't have to stay this way. Okay? So you'll never hear me say, oh, where you are is your fault. We are... At places in our lives based on choices we've made. But there are other times that things just happen. Just happen. And we've been told, it's your fault. And we feel even worse. Well, how in the world, if we, if we feel responsible for everything, how in the world do we muster up enough, enough positivity to go, I rebuke that. We're going to start changing that. We're going to start working on our marriage. We're going to start being positive in our relationships. How in the world do we do that if we've been beat down so much to believe that everything that happens... I mean, conversation after conversation, email, text message I've gotten from people who have said things that have happened to them in life and they feel like it's their fault. It's not. Not, not everything is in, is in your realm. Not everything that happens to you is, is because of a choice that you've made. It's just life. But our tongues have the power to change that. People would text me, did you know? Have you heard? I can't believe you hadn't done blah, blah, blah. Sometimes my silence is not just for your benefit. (laughs) It's for my benefit. Because I'm learning to tame my tongue. I'm learning to control my tongue. I told y'all a couple weeks ago about my, my, my progress reports, my report cards. The teacher's right on it. It talks excessively too much. That's a big problem for me. So guess what my struggle is? Running that mouth. <laughs> I could hear Amy across the room. Amen. <laughs> and some of y'all are going, if you just shut up, we could go home. There's a storm coming, didn't you know? <laughs> Running that mouth. But it's true. So I'm learning the process of holding my tongue. And I don't want to just tame it. Because like a lion, it has the tendency to still come out. I want to change my mindset and change all of this so that this is not a this this does not uh, change my my tone, my tongue, my talk, my speech. Does it change because of what I'm going through? I want to always speak life. I want to speak life when it, it's easy to speak life when we're, everything's going good, but we fall short on speaking positive things when life when we when life just happens. So if you're here tonight and you say, you know what? I've had a tendency to let, 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 let my circumstances dictate my speech. If that's you, I want you to stand tonight. If you're saying, you know what? I, I, don't, I, I, want, I don't want to just tame my tongue. Because I promise. You, I, 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 I preached that message for years. And I've, and I've prayed those prayers. God, help us to tame our tongue. You, taming it isn't the problem. 
Because you get put in the right set of circumstances, that lion, that tiger is coming out. And a lot of times it's more than a roar. It's like four-letter roars, words, whatever. Y'all know what I'm saying. You piece of crap. (laughs) Well, something, you know. (laughs) Instead, God bless you. (laughs) So God, here we are tonight in the middle of a two-part series (laughs) where we're we're taking a break to go, you know what? God, I I need you to help me not to just tame my tongue, but God, help me to change my mindset. That my mind and my—it's a heart thing. It's not—it's not even a—it's not even a, an issue with with speech and things that I've heard and people that I'm around that cause me to say the things that I do and dictate. No, no, no. It's a heart issue. So God, work on our hearts. God, if you get a hold of our hearts, because your word says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." So whatever's in our heart, that's what's coming out. So God, work on our hearts tonight. Help us to desire to be more like you so that when life happens, we respond to life like you would respond to life. You tell us not to worry about today, not to worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. God, may we focus on the responsibilities that we have, but not to focus on the stuff that doesn't need our attention. And talking about everything. God, forgive us. We repent. In your own way tonight, I'm not going to lead you into prayer. Just say, just say, God, I, 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 I repent. You don't have to say it out loud, but just but say it from your heart and say, God, I repent. God, touch my mouth. Touch my heart. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Make my heart tender. Make my heart pure. Make my motives pure. May I be more like you. May I understand that my walk and my speech determines how effective, how effective I am in what you've called me to do. May our words be life, not death. Blessings and not cursings. And if we can't say anything nice, we just say, Jesus take over Jesus take over Jesus take over thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online at Forward we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually directing our lives and giving us focus it is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue his purpose for your life one of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.